thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, we, uh, we're in that series, Put Off, Put On. It's been a good series. I've enjoyed it. Got a lot of great comments about that series. We're going to go to the 23rd of November on that series. Uh, today, um, we are jumping into chapter 5. We are done with 4. Uh, thank the Lord, huh? And we're going into 5. And uh, if you grab your bulletin and your word, uh, we're going to be in chapter 5. But an interesting word that chapter 5 starts with is imitators. And, and, and it's funny because, you know, Wednesday night up here we had the fall festival. Kids dressed up in all kinds of different outfits and costumes. So did some adults. And uh, Andrews was Superman. I was so impressed. And so uh, he looked good as Clark, and I was real proud of him. And so we imitate people, superheroes, football players, people on TV. Halloween's a time to dress up, be that person for several hours, uh, put on some fake muscles if you have to, shove a pillow up your shirt, whatever you need to do. But we emulate, we, we imitate those. We, we reproduce them or we mimic them or we try to be like them or follow them. And we do that. If you're a kid, uh, especially boys growing up, girls growing up, you played games, uh, you played cops and robins, you played army, you, you did just crazy stuff. You became superheroes. You did super things. Uh, you even bought the pajamas and put them on and thought you were that, run around the house and all kind of stuff. Yeah, I saw that hand, Daryl. And so you, you just did that. One of the things that we did as kids, we were about eight, nine years old, ten years old. I lived on Guadalupe Circle. There was a Guadalupe Drive. And it was Guadalupe Circle. We lived on the, in the circle, but we were the first house on the circle. And we had this big, long front yard. And the sidewalk was perfectly designed, I believe, for the 50-yard line. Now, you didn't want to get tackled on the 50. kind of hurt. But it was great mid. It, it broke the field up. And so this end was two big old oak trees. And that was the end zone. And this end zone down here was a driveway. And so uh, Am I supposed to dance? I don't know. I didn't get that. Did we rehearse? I didn't get that part. Uh, so <laughs> Melissa's like, please don't dance. Don't dance. Uh, so <laughs> where in the heck was I? So what, uh, what we did was we used to play football all the time, man. And we had some holly bushes over here on the side. And, and, and so that was a great place to just crush people into the holly bushes. Because, I mean, they'd poke the snot out of you, man. And this time of year with the little red berries, oh, they were looking, they were nasty. And so we were playing football. So one day, you know, we're 19 years old. We're the Dallas Cowboys. We're the Redskins, the classics, man. And we were acting out all these different people. And this black car pulls up on, on Guadalupe Drive across from us. And it parks on the side of the street. Dark windows and everything. And so my buddy says, hey, man, you know who that is? I said, mm-mm. That's uh, NFL Scouts. Cool, NFL scouts, man. So then we just started getting, I mean, we were just doing our thing, man. Drew Pearson, we are doing Robert Newhouse, Tony Dorsett, you know, Troy Aitman, Danny White. I mean, we were doing it all. I was trying to be too tall Jones. I was too white, too short, and I was nothing like it. But, but it was just, we were having fun. And so each day we play after school, and that car is always there. And we're like, dude, that may be a scout, man. He's checking us out early, trying to get first dibs on us. And so later, unfortunately, we found out that it was not an NFL scout, shocking, okay, but it was the FBI checking out the doctor that lived over there because he was running some drugs he shouldn't have been running. So, man, we were just... It was just a bummer, man. But we mimic people, man. We, we, we tried to be them. 
you know, and that really pumped us up, and we thought we were doing something. So I want you to grab your word. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter 5, and we have, a, we have a superhero, so to speak, that we're really called to be like, that we're really called to, to imitate. And let's look. Chapter 5, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. Now, that's a tall task, don't you think? Man, that's a big yardstick. You see, so many times in the church, so many times in life as Christians, what we're doing is we're measuring ourselves against other people, neighbors, friends, people go to church with, other couples. And we'll say stuff like this as couples. Well, we're better than them. Okay, but we're a long way from him. You know? And so what God is trying to do, he comes out of Ephesians. I mean, he's hammering us in Ephesians with speech and language and and don't quench the spirit and all this other stuff. And then in chapter 5, I mean, it's just like, boom. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Mimic me. Reproduce me. Look like me. That's what he's asking. That's our yardstick. It's not other people. It's not comparison. It's not church against church. It's not. It's not their parking lot against our parking lot. It's not. I mean, Wednesday night was beautiful here. Probably had five, 600 people here for the fall festival. Okay? We, I mean, the parking lot was crazy bad. The bank was full. This street was full. That street over there was full. And they were down Bushland Road, parked on Bushland Road. I just waiting for the highway patrol to pull in and go, you can't park on that street. We were down Bushland Road all the way to the second entrance. I mean, they were walking blocks to get here. Beautiful. And easily at that point of your life, you could just get all haughty and say, look at us. No, not look at us. Because there's still a tremendous amount of people in this community, in West Amarillo, that were not here. So the harvest is still extremely white. We have still great opportunities out there. Yes, we were beautiful Wednesday night. It was powerful Wednesday night. It was gorgeous Wednesday night. It was beautiful to watch the church. This church did a great job. Beautiful church doing a wonderful job. People stepping in everywhere. Mark and Heather were terrific organizing that. Okay? But so many times, that's what we do in life as individuals, as little church, and it's what we do as big church. My friends, our yardstick, our comparison, where we want to to mirror our life is, is in the Word. Because when we get into the Word, we get into the Word of God, it is living. John 1 says that that the Word became flesh, became flesh, and the Word of God is is, is flesh. It's Jesus. And it's a reflection of who we are. And that's who we want to be like. We want to be like Christ. That's our yardstick as individuals and as a church. That's who we need to imitate. You say, well, man, how did I get that done? That's hard. It's very hard. I want you to go to Galatians 2. Flip over a couple pages to the left. I'll give you a secret of how to get her done. I'm not telling you how it's easy. I'm going to tell you how to start your day every day. Look at Galatians 2.20. It 
every day with coffee. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, that's a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee, the word, and a funeral. And you're ready to go. <laughs> you're like, that's so depressing. That feels like Monday. All right? It'll be a good Monday. All right? Because here's the deal. You don't know what's out there tomorrow. You don't know. You think you know your day. You think you know your schedule. But you don't know. And see what happens. In order for us to truly reflect or imitate God out there, we got to die so he can. Because too many times what happens in my life is Jeff is in the way of Jesus. See, when I stand to preach, my prayer every morning is that you'd hide me behind the cross and they won't see me nor remember me, but see you and remember you. See, I have to have a funeral because I have nothing good to say, but he does. And see, when I am dead, he does it through me. So he can be exalted and draw all people to him. I don't need to be exalted and draw nobody to me because I have nothing good to give them. Nothing. But the king does. And so for us as believers in a world in desperate, desperate, desperate hope out there, looking for something legit, something that's real, something that, that pinches, that, that screams when you pinch it, it's looking for the real Jesus. Not the American Jesus, not the Texas Jesus, but the biblical Jesus, the Bible Jesus. And man, when you can do that as believers, because when you became a new person and when you became a new creation, he put his Holy Spirit in you. And so he gives you the power to do great things in his name. And so when you die to self, he can do great things through you. But if you're alive, you're in the way. You're just in the way. See, if your tongue's dead, his tongue come alive. As long as our tongue is alive, mm, watch out. It, it, it only, if we're in control of our tongue, the Bible says we can't control it. So Lord help us what's about to come out. But if our tongue dies and the creator of the tongue controls it, it'll say beautiful things. But if we're in control of it, we're in trouble. Same thing with everything in our lives. And so to be imitators of God, we first must understand that we have got to die. Got to die. Go back to your text real quick. I want you to look at two. To be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Mm. Don't you love that? Because that reminds us of having children. All right? How many of us are like, son, if you do that, it reflects on me. Don't do that. I mean, don't you know how Jesus feels? Because we... We reflect him. And I know he's like us sometimes. We're nervous as parents because we want what our children are going to do. are going to reflect back on us. Well, we're the king's kids. And what we do reflects back on him. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. And live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us 
as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. I want you to go to 1 John. Go over to 1 John. The Bible says that they will know us by our love. They will know us by our love. I want you to look at 1 John 4. Some of y'all may have sung the song, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. I'm not about to try to do it, okay? But it's a love song. I remembered it because of that. Uh, didn't sing it very well. But 1 John 4, look at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not, does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Woo! That's it. See, no one has seen God. People say, well, who was God's mom? What? That, that's irrelevant to everything, right? People come up with more goofy Bible questions, and I'm like, how about this? How about you get up, have a funeral, and live for Jesus? Well, I don't want to do that. I just want to know how much that tombstone weighed. That don't help me on Monday. If I know the size and the weight of the tomb, of, of the stone in front of the tomb, that does not help me reflect Jesus on Monday. That helps me trump everybody who's already mad at the church and show off, but it doesn't help me do anything else. And so what Jesus is saying, if you know me, you, if you know me, and you, you have received me, you have received love. And for us, when they see us, they need to see his love. Because they can't see God, but they see him in us. That's what it is. When we love on people, when we act out there. See, it's not so much what we do in here, okay, but what we do out there. And unfortunately, though, <laughs> we can't help what happens in here to affect out there but so many times what happens out there affects in here. You see, what we're trying to do in this series is we're looking for things to put off and to put on. Amen? So today you say, well, what do we need to put off? So when I was thinking about that, here's the word. It's not real deep. Fuzzy. Fuzzy. And I'm not talking about your coat. I'm talking about what people see. Let me, let me say this to you. As I do life out there as a pastor, and I meet people, and I visit with people. I had a wedding this weekend with, with a family. And what I see out there and hear out there and what people want to talk about out there is the fuzziness of Christians. It's fuzzy. What I mean is, if, we, if, if our lives as Christians are supposed to line up with the Bible and we're supposed to reflect Christ, then why are we looking so much like them out there? Because I don't think 
there is a separation today. Jesus says, be light. Come out of the darkness. Today, there's so much gray out there. And the church is sucked into it. Because in the church is the only place I would think you could see 110% God, God, God. But unfortunately, in the church today, you see stuff, and it's fuzzy, man. You're like, I, I, I don't know if that's God. I don't know if that's God. From the pulpit to the pew or the chairs, are we reflecting God? And when we walk out of this building, are we truly imitators of God? Is what people see in our lives a true reflection of the king? He's not asking you to be perfect. He doesn't say be perfect in God. He says be imitators of God. And today we need to put off fuzzy. What area of your life would you simply say, I'm just telling you right now, that area of my life, it's fuzzy. It's fuzzy. It may be your speech. It may be your language. Maybe your anger. Maybe your attitude. Maybe your cockiness. Maybe your greed. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you that today, like no other time in history, the church needs to reflect the king. And we as believers need to reflect the king. Today, we need to put off being fuzzy, and we need to put on clear. We need to put on clear. We need to be transparently real and authentic as a church today. I want you to go to your word. One more. Beautiful scripture. Jeremiah 15. Jeremiah 15. 15, 16. Go to Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this. Listen to him. When your words came, I ate them. <laughs> and they were my joy and my heart's delight. And watch this. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. Mm, come on, church. When your words came to me, I eat them like Pac-Man. I'm dating myself bad, boy. Some of these kids are like, Pac-Man, who, who Pac-Man? Right? That's a classic. You could bring Pac-Man out today and kids will line up for that. Quarter, baby. Quarter gets you a lot of Pac-Man. All right? Telling you. All right? But you, you ate them. So when, word, when the word came to us, we ate it. Okay? When we ate it, we walked it out. And friends, when we're walking out the word, every single day of our life, we're walking out the word, we bear his name. Mm. And what name is that? The Lord God Almighty. My friends, listen to me. When Jeff walks out there, Nobody cares if I'm a pastor. I don't care about that. They just care if I know the Lord and what my life and my walk looks like. 
A pastor is an add-on. It's not who I am. It's what I do. What I am and who, whose I am is a king. It's a kid. That first. We've got to walk out there in a way that would imitate God. That people would look at our lives and know beyond a shadow of a doubt there's something different about you. I used to ask students this question. I said, let's pretend, and this is not true, it's hypothetical, but let's pretend that entrance into heaven was based on the answer that Jesus got from five of your closest friends on whether you were born again. If Jesus were to walk up to five of your closest friends and ask the question, is so-and-so a born-again child of the king? And your entrance in heaven depended on a five for five. Would you get there? Would you get there? Because so many times, so many times, as long as we look good in here, and check off good attendance, we think it means something out there. But they didn't know we were here. All they know is what you are out there. And what you are out there will dictate whether they come in here with you. Today, if you're fuzzy, stop. If you're confusing, stop. If people can't make you out, if you don't separate if there's not difference, stop and put off fuzzy and put on clear. We are called to be imitators of God. You say, well, that's tough. Yes, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in that world. So you die every day and he'll, he'll absolutely blow you away with how he reflects his glory through you every day. You'll say stuff and walk away going, Woo, that was pretty good. Who, man, you hear what I said? That's good. You didn't say that. Your lips died this morning, and he just spoke through you. Okay? This morning, as we move to a time of invitation, short and sweet, man. Be imitators of God. Ask yourself this question. Not, not the people around you. Ask yourself this question. Am I fuzzy? Am I fuzzy or am I clear? Am I clear? If you're fuzzy, you need to bring your fuzzy up here and lay it down. You do. Because fuzzy is confusing people. Jesus says, don't be fuzzy, but be clear. A clear imitation of who he is. Let's pray together. Father, this morning...